that your emotions are much like passing thoughts. Sometimes that chemical reaction is going to be really strong in the positive. Sometimes that chemical reaction is going to be really strong in the negative. What do other people think of me? What if I can't keep this level of performance up? What will so-and-so say about me? And not worry about that. Push that away. And we will live in true self-awareness confidence. So first, before trying to analyze the other ones by videos, uh, internet, and, and stuff like that, Try to know yourself first. If you do it with a good heart, a good conscience, and, you're, and, you're, and you cross your T's and dot your I's, and then you go to people, they will help you. We were playing uh, video games, and then just went to the final. I needed this one hour, one and a half hour, just to switch my mindset, and it completely worked out for me. We deserve to give ourselves the break. We are worthy of that break, of, of letting go, to just enjoy it all for what it is. AJ, let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence. What is that and how can we use that in our, in our everyday life, especially right now? Well, I think the one thing is understanding your own emotions. And for many of us, we spend more of our time running away from those emotions, especially the negative emotions, right? We spend most of our time seeking out pleasure, avoiding pain, and trying not to deal with the negative emotions we may be feeling. And of course, during this period, for some of us, those negative emotions now are overwhelming. And understanding your own emotional state and understanding that your emotions are fleeting. They don't define you. And as we've probably all felt from this period of quarantine, there will be some moments where we are super excited and there will be some moments where we're not so excited. And being okay with either of those emotions is an important understanding of yourself. So understanding your own emotions and how to regulate them is what I think is the foundation of emotional intelligence. Once you understand your own emotions and you understand how to regulate those emotions, how to let go and diffuse from your emotions so that they don't get the best of you, you can actually then start to turn your attention towards other people's emotions. And that's really where emotional intelligence comes in. How do you read other people's emotional states? How do you pick up on how they are feeling and express empathy? And really, for a lot of us, if we are feeling a little anxious, if we're struggling with our own emotions, we're certainly not going to pick up on those emotional signals for others. Now, many people argue, oh, by nature, women tend to pick up on emotions and have a bit more emotional intelligence than men, so why should men care about this? But ultimately, having high emotional intelligence allows you to develop and strengthen relationships. And it's an important exercise for both men and women. I work with women who struggle with emotional intelligence. I work with men who struggle with emotional intelligence and look to grow that area of their life. So I don't think anyone's sex, I think it's a myth. I don't think anyone's sex is stronger in that area. What I would say is that when we start to understand ourselves at a deeper level, we can start to turn our attention to others. And that's how we really start to build our own emotional intelligence. And, and do you feel like, like virtually uh, it's a little bit harder to pick up on those cues, right? Like Absolutely. What, what's that your advice for, for working with that right now? Well, I think for many of us, obviously the in-person can be difficult. Uh, if you have social anxiety, if you don't have a good emotional regulation of your own, 
then of course being in person sends that anxiety on uh, overdrive. And all of a sudden we get more in our head and it's difficult for us to follow along in conversation and be present. What is interesting is that when now we are apart, we have more distractions than ever. So now I have a screen that has notifications popping, emails going, so it can be even more difficult with the distractions that go along with video conferencing. So what I recommend for everyone is to full screen your Zoom, turn off Chrome and all the other apps that are going on and all the other notifications and allow yourself to be fully present as if the person was in the room with you. And then we're gonna to wanna to pay attention to the emotional context of the conversation. What are the words that the other person is choosing to express their emotional state? And if you're not picking up on their emotional state, ask them outright, how are you feeling? And listen to the words that they use to describe their emotions. Uh, those are gonna be clues into how the other person's feeling and how to connect with that person in a deeper way. And of course, video creates challenges. You can't see my hands. Uh, oftentimes you, you only really get from the neck above in many of these video conference scenarios. So for me, myself, I like to talk with my hands and I also like to see other people and what they're doing with their hands to express themselves. So it does make things a little more challenging. So that's why for me, I, I have to close all the other windows and all the other apps on my machine and really just focus on the video conference at hand and almost pretend as if the person is in the room with me. Yeah. And Talking about getting to know your own emotions, do you have any exercises that uh, our viewers and listeners can use? Uh, because it feels like a lot of times we suppress our feelings, especially some, there's some part of us and then all of a sudden they, they, they come up, they pop up when you're in a new situation. So do you have any uh, situations or any exercises that uh, we can work on? Yeah. So the biggest one that we recommend for everyone is to start journaling so that you actually take the temperature of your emotion in regular intervals. Many of us don't even stop to think about, well, how am I feeling right now? And just sit with those emotions. So a journaling practice that we love at The Art of Charm is simply waking up and ending your day journaling how you're feeling. So taking your emotional temperature in the morning and your emotional temperature in the evening and getting a good sense for what your baseline is. Uh, for many of us right now, we may see that those are varying pretty wildly, but outside of this scenario, typically we tend to have a, a pretty compact range of emotions outside of you know, anger, outside of frustration that pops up from time to time. So when you have a good understanding of your baseline emotion, then the second thing you can start to do to really understand your emotions better is, Think about the areas of your life where you're seeking out pleasure. So do you find yourself reaching for, let's say, cigarettes or alcohol or for exercise, right? These are all things that ultimately we derive a lot of pleasure from. So typically, if we have bad habits build up, those habits are around us avoiding painful negative emotions. So if you find yourself seeking pleasure, distracting yourself with video games, distracting yourself with drugs or alcohol, then typically that's because you're not emotionally regulating yourself responsibly. So looking at the source of those emotions, what is that frustration? Is it procrastination that's creeping up? Is it an argument with your spouse that's causing you to seek out that pleasure? That's how we start to understand our emotions at a deeper level. And the more we can tap into those emotions and understand them, 
the more we can actually practice that self-compassion I was talking about earlier and understand that your emotions don't define you. You can diffuse yourself from those emotions and understand that your emotions are much like passing thoughts. Sometimes that chemical reaction is going to be really strong in the positive. Sometimes that chemical reaction is going to be really strong in the negative. And if we've built up a journaling practice where we're actually logging our emotional temperature, we can really see, well, okay, I've had four or five days now where I'm feeling really down. Oh, let me start to see what's going on with my routine. Let me start to see what's going on in my life. Maybe the big tasks I'm avoiding, the discussion with my boss that I am just too afraid to have, or the argument that I know is brewing with my best friend. Uh, in those moments, now we start to understand and control our emotions in a much better and healthy way. Working with all these NBA players, what have you seen? What's their biggest struggle on the court, but also off the court? And how have you been able to help them with that? Well, the biggest struggle on the court, I mean, it's, it's a lot is very specific to whatever their position is or whatever their, their flaws to being the best player they can be. But I guess if you had to put it into one nutshell, it'd probably be confidence and how to have this unshakable confidence every time they step on the floor. And that's developed. I have a seven steps to confidence and I'll just go through them quickly on how, how to develop this unshakable confidence. And the first one that I teach these guys is confidence through comparison. So comparison sounds like a horrible thing, but if you're comparing yourself to the people you want to be like, like the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, studying, studying, studying them, then you gain that confidence through that what they did, you know that you can do. And confidence and focusing on our strengths. So we talked about, you mentioned their flaws, but, but focusing on your strengths. Because in, in the NBA, if you're good in every area, you're not playing in the NBA. But if you're great in one area, you can have a long, long career. So focusing on your strengths and not necessarily your weaknesses. And point three is confidence and through redefining vocabulary. There's certain words that we grow up hearing and we just have negative connotations with them. For example, one of them in the NBA, a player will come to me, say they're in a shooting slump, which means they just can't make a shot. Like that word slump is just a word. It doesn't really have any any weight to it in the meeting. And I'll say, yeah, okay, what if, what if you were in a shooting hippopotamus, then what? And they'd look at me crazy and I try to make it really, really off the wall. So they look at it like that, but it's just a word. So we redefine vocabulary, take away failure, take away slump, take away missed shot, take away pressure. Those words don't even exist. There's no more negative thoughts spoken out anymore. Negative thoughts spoken into the world are seven times more powerful than saying nothing at all. So take out negative thoughts, redefine the vocabulary. That's point three. Point four is confidence through creating your highlight reel. So we all have this time in our lives where we're just in the zone, we're killing it, whether it's a business meeting, a phone call, or for my NBA players, their best game. And we'll recreate that. We'll, we'll watch that film. We'll think about that. We'll visualize that. And that's who you become by continually doing that day after day and building those habits and routines of having your highlight reel and your in the zone moment. Point five is confidence through pouring into others. And this is basically, this is just taking the pressure off yourself. It's how can I serve my teammates? How can I serve the people in my office? How can I serve others? And you're pouring into these other people, takes a ton of pressure off yourself, gives you that confidence, gives you the leadership ability. And the, the, the point, point six is confidence through what I call, it's a tool that I use called choose your second. So my NBA players use a number between one and 24, which is, 
the numbers on the shot clock in the game so they can see it at every time at all times so they choose a number so let's say my number is 16 whenever 16 comes up that's my cue it's a mental cue that's going to kick me back into i this is this is who i am my overall confidence through comparison strength and puts everything together my highlight reel this is the best version of myself i can be and when that number hits it's a mental cue and mental cues are so powerful that puts me into this frame of mind and then wrapping it all up is confidence through relentless consistency relentless consistency is <clears throat> doing it day after day after day after day showing up the same way every day but doing all these confidence tools together every day and this develops unshakable confidence these steps alone are proven in uh, in in business in entrepreneurs and athletes and we all can use these in our lives and then the great thing about it is peter is you do these seven steps of confidence and you gain confidence through putting in the work which is like a double a, a double whammy there so that's the biggest struggle that nba players have if i could put it into a nutshell and I know it's a kind of a brief version, but we go super in depth on, on their habits. Do a, a mirror window type of different types of ways to see themselves. So there's so much that goes in depth on it, but on the surface, confidence, unshakable confidence in knowing who they are. I love that. And I, I think that's, I asked on and often Cork, but I think it's the same thing for all of us as human beings, having, having true confidence it's everything, right? And we are, you talked about negative words. We, we're talking, like a lot of us, we're saying so many shitty things to ourselves, which is so sad, right? And I, I see, like, I've seen so much potential. I'm a karate athlete and I've seen so much potential in young kids and they're ruining it, ruining it from, from themselves by not having confidence. And I, I think that that's incredible. And also gaining what you said, gaining the small wins from doing the work. So you don't have to be an NBA player to start working on your confidence, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, definitely confidence is one of the main things for all of us to have. We talked about this personal self-talk and, and just really, really confidence doesn't come down to your accomplishments. It doesn't come down to your resume or anything like that. That's, that's the world's definition of confidence. But true confidence is, is about knowing your, your self-awareness, knowing who you are and being comfortable with who you are. And to find your confidence, there's different ways to, to go about this. There's those same steps that we talked about that anybody can do. But I also like to give people a tool that's very easy to use that they can use every I think the, the, the most important thing is the mornings when you put these affirmations and speak positivity in your life. And, and I call it my, the, the, the hands routine. And this is, this is where you look at your hands. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning, people that, that are listening, you can do this wherever you're at, unless you're driving, look at your hands and look at everything that they've been through. Look at all the hard work, the toil, everything that they have done. And then you think of the most confident person in your life. Maybe it's a parent, a coach, a teacher, and you see their hands as your hands, your hands as their hands, all they've gone through, all you've gone through. And you know, no matter what comes at you during that day, no matter how hard it might be, you've been through it all. You have these confident hands with you at all times. So for everybody, the importance of building self-confidence, it just, it just makes you 
more adapt to being able to achieve your goals because you believe in yourself. Like I said earlier, the, the biggest thing that holds us back is our self, is our self-doubt is extremely crippling. So if we can put ourselves into this confident mindset and know that our true self-awareness and not live in the, what do other people think of me? What if I can't keep this level of performance up? What will so-and-so say about me? And not worry about that, push that away and we will live in true self-awareness confidence. What is it with you that you do that? You know, you talk about training, you, you train till you fall apart and like what's going on in your mind? How can you push yourself more than most people? Like what is it in your mind? Like what, what are you seeing when you're training? Um, I try to push myself first because I want, like I said before, I want to be, when I did the last competition, I knew my level was not so good as 2000. Yeah. So I say to myself, you have to wake up. You have to wake up or you will be like everyone else. And I know how it is in Kuala. Your name is there the day after your name is not there anymore. And you, if you want to be someone we remember, you have to be exceptional. And we know people that are exceptionals. Rafael Agaev is someone exceptional. Uh, Jose Manuel Aguirre is someone exceptional. Wayne Otto is someone exceptional. Biamonti is someone exceptional. Everyone with his little story and his kind, uh, Pina, because he came with the kicks. But I know people better that people forgot. Example, Sedina Balde. He's a great guy, but no one remember him. If you ask a kid who is Sedina Balde, he will look at you, I don't know. And that guy was also exceptional, but didn't perform enough. And I didn't want to be like them. And I wanted to be remembered. Because I think the day you die, the day you die, people have to remember what, you, what was your acts, what was your actions. So you have to let, to, to let something, your fingerprint there. What do you want to, how do you want to people remember you the day you kick the bucket? So the day I will be too old and I will go out of, the, uh, of, the, of there, I want people to remember me first as a good competitor that was complete because I could succeed in both disciplines so I, could, I can be remembered like a true Kuarika. Yeah, and, and second, like a good coach in both disciplines again. Yeah. And like a good man in the, in the other side, like a good man, because I'm a good man. I think, I hope I'm a good man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Junior. I, I, have, I have a final question to you, and then I'm going to let you go. Uh, for people that are watching and listening to this, that have a big dream, it might be in karate, it might be in something else. They want to become you know, the best. They want to they wanna really go after their dream, but they're afraid. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to do it. Like, What, what would be your best advice for them? Where do they start right after this, this podcast? You know, at the start, I was afraid too. So you have two points. Or you are lucky, 
because you, are, you have someone that can see your talent. With me, it was my father. And in a lot of good people that I know, parents are, uh, are in an important part. Sometimes it's the coach, but a lot of time it's the parents. Or if you are old enough, you have to be able to analyze yourself before you analyze the other ones. And that was words, wisdom words that I had from my sensei, Jose Manuel Ejea. When I went to train with him, you know, I was like a, a young champion. He was really a, an icon for me, an idol. And he said, I remember his words, Junior, you're good and you are not good. And I look at him, well, what, what does he want to mean? You think all the time you are thinking about the other ones, what you have to do because the other one is doing Kizami Gyaku, what you have to do because this one is doing that. And you don't know what you do. You don't know what are your strong points, your weak points. So first, before trying to analyze the other ones by videos, uh, internet, and, and stuff like that, try to know yourself first. When you will know yourself 100%, your good and your, your, your mistakes, you will be able to adapt to the other ones. And that's how the chess game starts in karate. Because even you are weaker than the other one, you can win. I love that. And I think it goes for whole life. If you, you have to know yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Junior, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for sharing so open-heartedly. Uh, truly appreciate it. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? And I know you have this camp coming up uh, in just a couple yeah. of days. Can you talk about that as well? Yes, I can talk about that. So um, it's already a few times that I'm doing uh, some camps with, uh, with the, the help of some of my people uh, of the English team and some of the Adidas team. And this time I want to do the camp to be a bit special. Uh, complete. Kara and Kumite. So this time we have the honor to have Yukimitsu Hasegawa and Antonio Diaz as teacher for the Kara part. Then you have myself, Gojita Arcania, Jordan Thomas, and René Smal. So we are all champions. I want to make, even in the time of lockdown, I think it's important that people can receive instructions from people that are good, good people that can give good feedbacks, good tips. So how to continue to evaluate even in this hard period, hard, hard time. And at the same time, the money that they invest go partially to a charity funding. So we are, we are not doing it only for the, oh, I want money. No, we also do that for a kind of charity that uh, we are funding. So I really hope people will be jumping on it. One, because the lessons will be good. And two, because thanks to that, they are doing a good action. Awesome. If people are having problems, financial problems or anything, they can still contact me. Because of course the politic of Adidas is not of making distance with people, is trying to make that sport has to be open for everyone. Yeah, so it's also very important to say they can contact me 
by uh, my personal uh, email that is lefevrejr at yahoo.fr. They can contact me on WhatsApp by uh, Facebook, uh, Junior Lefebvre. I have several Facebook accounts uh, or by Instagram. Sometimes I'm a bit slow to answer. I'm really sorry to, uh, to the people that are watching. I'm really sorry for that because I have to deal with a lot of things, you know, organizing championships, organizing uh, seminars, my own club that I have to restart. But I answer. Yes. So I hope people will be present. I hope maybe you will be present also, my friend. Thank you. And uh, I will see you. Thank and you so much. For, for the other part, stay safe. I don't know if you watched Highlander, but having a podcast, I always feel like I almost feel like I watched Highlander when I was a kid, and I remember when he yeah. he, he cut off the head of his opponents and all their strength went into him. <laughs> and, and I kind of feel that with, with a, with a podcast, like when you, every person you meet, you get, a, you get to learn a couple of things from them and download that into your system. And the cool part, you get to share this with the world. So someone that's going to maybe take a walk and listen to this, this conversation might get one thing to improve the joy in their life. And, and how, how cool is it to be a part of that? Oh, it's amazing. That's a cool way of looking at it. I, I, know, I don't really know. I remember the name, the Highlander, but I don't think I ever yeah. saw it. But, <laughs> but that is how I feel. That's what I was saying about having them. You know, I've got all these books over here on the bookshelf and, and so many others that are, that are gone now, but that I've read. And a lot of them are these kind of, you know, strategies, mindset, all of that. It just, you know, I've always been obsessed with how do I get better? And the difference is, yeah, when you're speaking to someone, yeah, you do feel like, you know, I think you had Bedros on the show, right? On your, yeah. yeah. So Bedros is a, is a friend of mine and I had him on my show as well. And, you know, it's like a guy, I, I actually have something of his, you know, pinned up here that he gave me and I have something right in front of me. I, I, there was a, a script I was writing and he kind of gave me notes and I have it right in front of me. Awesome. And, and I think of, I think of him and how, you know, how, successful he is not just in business but just as a human he's just a good he's a good guy he's a good dad good husband and i and i go like there are definitely things that i do now that are a result of just being friends with him or jay Perugia, who who introduced me to bedros it's a there are things that that you just can't help it it's a, it's like that old you know the cliche that gets thrown around so much you're the you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with really what we've done with the podcast is we've taken this like the people we spend time with not that you're you know henry winkler i had on the show not that i'm hanging out with henry but i had him on the show we had a really nice conversation i have this newsletter he responded this morning and i shot him back something else it's like he's now in my in in some way not like we're best friends but he's now in my life and he's in my head and the things that he did that I saw from afar as a kid. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this is a guy that I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having a back and forth with. And, and how does that not influence my sense of possibility for myself? You know, it's incredible. And the world has gotten smaller. So I just want to encourage everybody listening to this, reach out to us. If you have someone that you look up to someone that you want, uh, to 
ask them for something, do it, but do it not just to exploit someone, do it from a sense of purity and that you really want to be part of it. Uh, Matt, I know you got to go. You have two kids to homeschool. <laughs> Last question, and then I'm going to let you go. So we're all about action. And what do you want to tell the people that have listened so far when they're done with this podcast? What, are they, what should they do to get a little bit closer to their dreams? When they've listened to this, this particular yeah. conversation? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, I just did this. I I've now am doing these little mini solo episodes in addition to the, uh, the weekly interviews um, where I just kind of riff on a topic. And one of the ones that got a lot of response a couple of weeks ago, um, full disclosure, there's some swearing in it. It was a little more fiery than I usually get. It was called Take Action Now, Course Correct Later. And, you know, if you're saying like, what do I think people should come away from this with? To back it up, I would say go listen to that. Just know that, you know, if you have kids around, put earmuffs on. Um, but the gist of that was if you're listening to this and you feel that, you know, if you have it, if you feel that like sense of like your heart jumps and you get excited by what we're talking about, some people may not. Some people are going to see this and go like, eh, next. Some people who are still listening now are going to, they're excited. And what I would say is like, don't just, negate that excitement and go, oh, that was a stupid idea. I just, I just got excited while I was watching this in my little closet over here. But when I go out in the real world, people are going to laugh. No. Listen to this. Go listen to my thing. It'll get you fired up. I will, I kind of yell at you a little bit and say like, there's no time, you know, there now is all you have. It's not a dress rehearsal, but go take action. You can always adjust. I just told you about my podcast. That's what I did. I, I, I hit record. And I went and you can go listen to the first episode. It's pretty, you know, like it's not very thought out. It's just me puking on the mic. And yet here we are almost three years later, it's become something. And that's what I would say is just like follow that sprint, that string of inspiration in whatever it is, just follow it and don't second guess yourself so much. And, and one little thing before I go. I just got to mention it. You said people reach out to us if you want something, but I will give a little qualification to that. Sometimes, like a while ago, I did an episode where I said something like, you know, you have to ask. And then some people emailed, they're like, well, you said to ask, so I'm asking you, can I? And, and there are people over the three years I have really helped. I've gone out, out of my way to help them. Those were the people that wrote in, not like, can I get this? Can I get something from you? They wrote in and they just, it was, it was just an honest, passionate email. Sometimes they offered services to me. Sometimes they just told me their story, but they, the, the, not like they went way, way, way deep into it, but also not like they were like, can I get an autograph or something like you know, something that was, it wasn't surfacy. When it's surfacy, I'm like, I have, I, have, I have no interest in even responding to you. If it's like something that, that's not about the substance. But if you reach out and you're really, really interested in, in you, someone like yourself or me, we can sense it in the email. Like really when you're doing, think about what it is you're asking. 
Do you just want something from the person, whoever it is? I'm not talking about just you and me, someone out there. Yeah. Are you just trying to get something from them? Or are you really going to like, do you, are you like, if you have a question for someone that you put on some pedestal, did you Google it? Did you do your research? Did you do your part first before you went to them? Like, and I only mention it because people will say to me, they'll, they'll reach out, what do you, th I want to be an actor. What do you think I should do? And I want to just go, hey, go listen to the friggin' podcast. I put it out for the last three years. I put a ton of time into it. That's my answer to your question. Did you even see that I had that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think. I agree. I, I think like if you do it with a good heart, a good conscience, and you're, and you're, and you cross your T's and dot your I's and then you go to people, they will help you. Because there are other people, the person who produces my show right now started as a listener halfway around the world. And she sent a really passionate email that was really smart. And I responded, year and a half later, we're now working together. That's, that's just because she wasn't looking for a handout, you know? That, that's, that's so true. Do the fucking work and do your research and be a value. People are looking for mentors all the time. Hey, can you mentor me? Hey, can you do that? No, you gotta fucking do the work first, provide some value, and then people that are busy might notice you. That's how it works in, in this world. Uh, so and we've, all, and we've all done it. I've done plenty of things for free for no, you know, and that, that's, that's, you know, that's what it takes. If you look back on your best performance uh, in your life as an athlete, can you just tell us a little bit what tournament that was and what your mindset was during that, that tournament? Uh, my, I had a couple good uh, tournaments in my career, but uh, one, of course, was uh, super important. And at that tournament, I was also pretty good fighting. So... I can call it easily. It was a world championship at home, 2014 in Germany. So first, I felt a lot of pressure before because uh, our whole federation, my family, my friends, uh, including me, we were speaking about this tournament for like yeah, for two, three, four years. We were planning for being there and performing as good as possible. So, but at one point, it was like uh, one and a half years before this uh, yeah, excitement, uh, excitement became a lot of pressure because I felt, oh man, we are coming close. So even it was uh, one and a half years left, but I felt already now it's not just some sentences. So I have to really, I really have to work hard now. So, so I started training already but the pressure didn't uh, didn't disappear so i had to do something with my with my mindset with my mental strength and uh, i did some i had of course some some good coaches mental coaches and we had some strategies so i was for example putting uh, like a little piece of paper i was writing that i want to have two medals at this world championship i was putting it in my in my pocket wallet you know in my my, my wallet just uh, Every day when I went to the supermarket or wherever, when I was opening my wallet, I was seeing my goal. So it was like always reminding me that I have to work out 100% every day. There's no day off. Even I had a rest day. I need to 
I had to think about about this goal, maybe just for some seconds, for some minutes, just to be always in this mood. And I totally went in this tunnel. And this really helped me to come to come through the pressure. You know, the pressure then went a bit down and I was more focused for reaching my goal. So, but then there was there was happening something really crazy at the tournament before my first match. Um, the stadium was full, so there were around like 14,000 people watching us. So, and of course, most of them were, or probably most of them, I guess maybe 10,000 were Germans. So they were, of course, accepting something something big from, from German fighters. So I was, before my first match, I was in this warm-up area. I went, uh, or I sneaked through the tunnel uh, before, you, before you go out to the tatami, to the fighting area. And I was looking left, up, right. And I was like, boah, this is so noisy. There are too many people, too crowded. And this, uh, you cannot imagine, it was like, boom. And then I, I really felt stress again, a lot of pressure. I went back to the tatami, to my coach. My coach is my, my, my father also. So, and I was telling him, Pop, I cannot go outside to fight. It's, there are too many people. It's too hard for me. And I was almost, because I had so much stress, I was almost crying because of the stress. And I, I didn't feel ready. So, and he just said, Noah, keep cool, sit down relax and I don't know how it is in, in Sweden or in the United States, but here in Germany, once we want to cool down, we always have like espresso or something. <laughs> so he was telling us, <laughs> sit down, keep cool. I will, I will bring you an espresso and just think about, not think about to fight now, just think about what you did the last one and a half years, two years, just to be here. And that, um, yeah, was was reminding me that I was working so hard, and that I'm ready, because uh, when when I looked outside the tunnel to the to the audience, I was like, oh man, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. So when I said when my my pop told me so, sit down. It really reminded me just to be, you know, that 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 I was feeling ready again because I knew I was working hard. I had no days off, even in my rest days, I was doing mental, mental training. I was preparing my mindset. So then I went out, after I cooled down a little, I went out to fight and I was in the shape of my life. I was uh, just going outside, smashing the other ones and just stopped in the semi-final. Unlucky actually, because uh, both he and me, we were punching at the same time. Also a big legend of our sport. Luigi Buza from Italy and uh, he was getting two flags and I was uh, getting only one but we need two flags to get a point so so fortunately or lucky for him and unfortunately I lost I was stopped in the in the semi-final but in the end I was uh, winning my bronze medal also against a really great fighter from Turkey then we went to the final in, in the team so in the end, maybe no gold medal, but the performing I showed up was the best in my life. So and I'm really happy to see that because I always have this mindset. Uh, if I'm, it, it doesn't matter if it's sport or if it's uh, just having a good day or I don't know. If I'm 
giving everything what I have, if I'm pushing my myself to 100%, then it doesn't matter what, what I succeed. If I'm coming home in the evening, looking in the mirror, I can look to myself and just being proud because I was, I was giving everything what's inside of me, what every, all potential I, I have, I, I try to show. So, and then it doesn't mean that I always need to win to be happy. The, I, I love that. my mindset. I, and oh. I mean, it, that's such a great lesson because not everybody can come so close or become a world medalist. Not everybody are able to do that, but ev everybody can become the best version of themselves, right? And they can perform to the best of their abilities. So I think you're touching on something very important. Uh, if you really prepare and do the best you can, you are, you are in a sense a winner, right? And I want to look, I want to look at, I remember when we had a camp together in Sweden, you were telling me before the final in the team that you and some of your teammates were actually playing video games and that made you relax and you won the, uh, your fights and some of your teammates that were really uh, like tense did not. So can you just tell me about why is it important before a great performance to kind of do something completely different? Uh, I mean, for <laughs> it's true. We were we were playing like uh, two, three hours before the big final match, World Championship final. We were playing uh, PlayStation, so <laughs> it was kind of funny, but uh, it, it really helped me, especially me, just to cool down because um, I'm a guy. I'm um, be, before matches. Sometimes I'm thinking too much about what uh, what's supposed to be, what you know all the all the the possibilities what can what can happen so that really cooled me a little bit down because there's once you're playing video games there's no time to think about something else because you need to be focused on that what's what's in the screen so uh and then i was i was relaxed i came to the warm-up area and then i had one hour just to switch i was back in the mood and i was winning my fight 8-0, so the highest score you can get in a world championship final. This was really impressive. And I'm sure, actually, I'm really sure that I couldn't uh, have this result because I was uh, nervous the evening before. I was nervous in the morning where, while, I have, uh, while I had a breakfast. So I felt in the morning I need to change something. I need to do something just to, to calm down, just to relax. You know, and that's why we were playing uh, video games and then just went to the final. I needed this one hour, one and a half hour just to switch my mindset and it completely worked out for me. And then uh, this was great. really helping me. I want to tell you a story about my grandfather because I mm. want to talk about a peace of mind and I, yeah. I want to get your perspective on this. So my grandfather lived his whole life in a small village in Macedonia. He had two cows, uh, a beautiful wife uh, that he loved, and that was their household, and they had some land. Uh, that, that was their life, and I've never met a more happy man with more peace of mind. And that's so crazy because yeah. I've always done 200 episodes on my podcast with all these crazy people going to outer space, winning UFC championships and all of that shit. And then I'm, I'm contemplating, 
why does why was my grandfather so mm. seemed so centered and seemed to have peace of mind so what's your thought on like how do we how do we get peace of mind in our lives and at the same time not live in a village with just two cows yeah you know we've got to live our lives for ourselves right and for and for getting to know who we are who we truly are we're also we're also similar and yet also um unique and finding a way to be true to who we are is a way to find peace inside and so your grandfather um you know that that was his life it, it, he enjoyed that simple life living you know with um with with very little and you know with two um ox was it or cow cows cows it was the cows oh, yeah. <laughs> you know i mean that's that he he found he found fulfillment there i i think that you know it's it's a little bit harder when we're when we become influenced by others you know and especially in in the west we're influenced by seeing what other people have and we we get something and then we it's not good enough we want something else we want to upgrade to the next iphone etc 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 it's like more 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 and and like running after desires creates a gap within us where we are unfulfilled and we're always in this state of seeking but if we can turn and look inwards and really seek what what actually truly matters to me and how do i want to be with myself the the key in doing that is to first relax and and create a, a non-judgmental environment for yourself to be who you are um and and when we do that then we can create the external life that matches the internal life and that might look like having two cows or it might look like um you know having two cars uh, it's really uh a creation that comes i think from getting to know who you truly are you know and and through a lens of of also of love right that's awesome and i'm curious here what your yeah. thoughts are because you you basically had went on an incredible journey in your life uh, if we're speaking both both internally and externally during different times of your life so can you just talk about talk about that and like wh when, when do you find the most peace of mind it's interesting because I think that when you're in acquisition mode and you're on that journey and you're on that uh, ride, you're just trying to keep up and strategize in, in order to hold on to it. And then when you hit the wall, it's like a huge loss and a suffering and torture. And you're like, why did I work this hard if I was going to lose everything? And then you don't know what to do with yourself, right? Yeah. The thing is, what I found is once there's acceptance and then you start, then I start working on myself again, kind of because I forgot about that because I was focusing on all the things I had to uh, keep going. Yeah. I actually, there's peace on the other side of that. And I feel like I've been through the cycle a few times now. And as I get older, I'm not like old, old, but I'm starting to realize the pattern and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. And sometimes you need to experience things over and over again until you learn the lesson. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I do believe in simplicity. I, you know, a lot of people like even Ryan Holiday talk about stoicism. Yeah. And I, I do think there's something to be said about keeping it simple. You know, and the more things you have, 
the more things you have to maintain and keep up with. And yeah, that in itself, me just saying that sounds stressful. <laughs> so it's like, um, and some people are fortunate enough to be like, yeah, I can maintain that and have other people to handle it. And I could just keep my mind focused on the present. Well, a lot of times when you have a lot of stuff going on, it's more stuff to focus on and figure out that isn't about you and isn't about the present. Uh, and, and I don't, I do also think with our, with the things we connect to our identity and, um, whether it be experiences or positions or job or aspirations, they become us versus they be, they're the experience. So like, I think if we can enjoy those things as the experience and as something that we get to enjoy in the present and it's, it's about curiosity versus those things are about who we are, we can then separate it and then we can enjoy them for the moment. And then if they pass, like if I was in space one time, but then I'm back here, I can reminisce, but saying like, but this is me, I'm the journey. And that was just part of the experience. Yeah. Now it's interesting. I think we, we, we are going through like life has seasons, right? That uh, too. And we have to realize that. Yeah. Like nature doubt, like, I mean, I'm such a student of this, by the way. So I'm kind of like very simplifying it and it's self and like surface scratching the surface, but like yeah. e even Taoism, which I'm curious about, it is about that really being in flow of like, we are nature. And if we can identify more with nature, maybe we wouldn't um, think that we need to be stuck in a certain season. We just all want to be in, um, in the bloom. We all want to be in the bloom in the summertime. <laughs> we don't want to yeah. be, be the tree that has its dying leaves you know, yeah. or the fall. I mean, I think it's okay. I, I was an athlete for many years. And if I look at, if I look at it from a, performance perspective actually when i let go my performance went up uh, mm. which is kind of crazy uh, mm. and i i also mm. felt much better i was enjoying myself better so so i think th there could be some type of co correlation as well just just yeah. because you're uh want to do good doesn't mean that you have to hold on to everything like uh, yeah that's a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, to, of course, you know, do your, we always do our best, right? Do your best, of course, show up, you know, in excellence, but um, the gripping to needing this certain result, um, mm. it's very limiting because you could actually um, surpass that, you know, result, you know, whatever this is, as soon as you like say, I'm, this is what it's going to be, then um, you lose sight of something greater than it could be. And also if you fall quote unquote short of what you think it needs to be, then you've missed the mark. You've created a, a reason for you to be unworthy of when that's not true. Yeah. Right? The, the, the truth is in the experience of it, in the, in your life and the journey towards it being your curriculum to grow yeah. so that the next challenge is one that you can, um, you know, instead of hop through, leap through. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. The, the attachment and the holding on, it, it does uh, breed a lot of suffering and you're right. And then you stop having fun. But like, where's the joy? Like, you know, uh, this weekend, the song, Hey Jude came up and it was all about, don't keep the weight of the world on your shoulders. Uh-huh. You know, like, and that literally came up, by the way, in the sound, this is such a hippy-dippy conversation, in the sound bath, the sound healing that we did on Peace Inside Live, the song popped up. And I started laughing because it's so true. 
we create so much weight on ourselves and pressure. And it's like, we deserve to give ourselves the break. We are worthy of that break of, of letting go to just enjoy it all for what it is. 